this is why also I say that in a way we have lost this, uh, the left has lost the momentum that was created in 2013, 14, 15, etc., mainly because of Greece, that we were able to actually debate on the European question from a left-wing perspective that had to do with actually structures and architectures. Um, and today the European question is just seen as this... Um, ghost and fear of um, migrants and immigration and low wages and so on, um, instead of people actually voting for a sort of um, more sovereign types of control of the economy, which I think right. is interesting because it does Europeanize in a way, but for the wrong reasons. And the interesting yeah. reasons why it should be Europeanized are gone from the political debate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and and I think and I think Italy is that. I mean, in a way, I think Italy yeah, is totally that as well. <laughs> well, can I can I just chime in on that one because I, I absolutely agree that we we must not forget the European Parliament is like a notoriously weak body within this whole mm -hmm. European ecology. Mm -hmm. Like it is. I forgot to put that in my introduction that like the proviso that none of this actually materially matters. <laughs> yeah, no. no <laughs> I think yeah, I think we need to be quite cynical about this. Like the European Parliament yeah. has no real legislative or constitutional power. It's mainly sort of stamping body for what happens in the Council or in the Commission. Yeah. And it is it's a its elections are powerful in a sort of expressive sense because you, it allows you to read certain moods. Um, they have a higher symbolic value, but I don't think they actually count materially, as you say. And following this, I think the underperformance of a lot of, lot of left populists, like even someone like Mélenchon, who got a miserable mm -hmm. result of like 6.9% yes. or something, also really shows, as you say, uh, Katarina, that, yeah, the left has really won the culture war on Europe. So it's lost the war of imagery in the sense that on policy, it's always vacillated and it was always unclear what its plan vis-a-vis -vis the EU was. And at the same time, it has not been able to actually bind these new young middle classes to it because those middle classes just culturally remain too attached to an ideal of a unified Europe, regardless of what that Europe looks like in a concrete institutional setting. And what most left populists have ended up doing, like Podemos in Spain, and I get a sense that maybe even the same story holds for Mélenchon, is that they've acted as a sort of tributary either for the rekindling of old-style social democratic politics, or they've just, um, yeah, turned more people into the right-wing Eurosceptic camp because they themselves were not content yeah. enough to actually spell out an explicit position. And I'm not sure we can actually put all of the blame for this process on, on left populists themselves. I think there are a lot of structural factors at play here that are beyond their control. But at the same time, it's very clear that the so-called populist moment is fading. And I think the window of opportunity, as you say, opened up by 2013 now looks, yeah, looks like miserably closed, I think. No, um, I was just wondering if... if because I thought what Anton was saying is really interesting uh, as a sort of like a leap to the Brexit debate. Yeah, and I want to come on to that. And I also want to come on to okay, okay. The, the question of the missed opportunity for the left. But I wanted to pick up on something that Anton said, because it actually works as a nice segue to the next point. Uh, which is the surge of the Greens, the Green Wave, uh, one of the big sort of headline winners. If you, you know, you read the, the sort of the papers looking at the, the European context, that's what's often highlighted. And that seems to be precisely the sort of young, urban, middle class, 
culturally liberal types uh, who have generally been pro-EU and who might have previously voted for the Social Democrats, uh, now voting for the Greens. This seems to be clear in Germany. But there's also another case that in, in Germany, many uh, conservative voters, many CDU voters voted for the Greens as well. So any takes on what exactly is behind this green surge? I mean, they seem to be the standard bearers of pro-EU left liberalism, I guess. Is that correct? And uh, is there any any particular content um, associated with that vote which ties to actual environmentalist politics? Well, I'm, just to put it quite bluntly, I think we underestimate that the Greens have always thrived in what you could call a postmodern environment. Like they're yeah. quintessentially postmodern movement. So I don't think it's surprising they they continue to perform well. I think the first attraction is, as you say, just cultural in. Uh, Germany, it's very clear that a lot of young voters were attracted to Greens precisely because of uh, these uh, student marches for the climate. Um, this didn't happen in Belgium, but it's very clear that pattern replicated itself uh, across Europe as well. And at the same time, I also don't think we have, yeah, we can't really forget that the Greens have always had a mi good middle class base. Um, yeah. It's always been a relatively middle class movement. Uh, in Germany, it's very clear that um, it's given up on its left wing leanings a long time ago, since it went into the so-called Grosse Coalition with, yeah. with, the, with the SPD. And yeah, what, what, what you're seeing now, I think, is that they've, they've become the warriors in a sort of pro-European culture war, and they're yeah. basically reaping the fruits of that now in that way. Well, it was interesting to read actually Bhaskar Sankara, uh, the editor of Jacobin, I think speaking more to a North American audience, saying that, hey, guys, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't like even the U.S. Green Party. These are basically, you know, European European left neoliberals. And those aren't the words that he used, but uh, clarifying that for for North American audience and indeed maybe worth clarifying for for our own North American audience here that uh, that these that these greens have very little actual left wing content to them. It's mainly in a cultural sense that that's expressed. And maybe, is it right, would you agree that the, the Greens are the party of left neoliberals in Europe now? I think that's a bit strong, but I think, like, strategically, they definitely uh, will feel comfortable assenting to a certain neoliberal, neoliberal consensus. I think that's beyond doubt. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I about Germany specifically, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't read this anyway, but I was thinking about it, like... Um, I mean, on the one hand, I think it is probably true that since the 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 very strong degrowth haha, of the SPD, um, the, <laughs> the, um, the, um, the the there is probably a lot of people voting for the Greens as well because they won't vote for the left because the Green is the Greens, especially in Germany, very clearly in Germany, are not a left wing party for a very long time. At the same time, I wonder if there is sort of as well as if there are CDU voters that uh, traditional CDU voters that voted for the Greens, whether there is actually a sort of like w w which then then uh, tendentially happens in European elections. That's why I'm saying this. Whether, whether it's not some sort of critique oppositional vote. So I think it would be interesting to see then what are actually the result of the Green Party in the next national elections in Germany and whether they actually play out as well, because. European elections tend to be sort of this moment where people vote for their grievances about the parties that they actually will vote again for in national elections. So yeah. I'm very uncertain about this. But I also it's think a it's freebie. interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I also think that what Anton was mentioning, I totally agree that there's this new moment with all the, the climate marches and the climate strikes. And I think it's, and I mean, I, th this doesn't explain everything, but um, in Portugal, for example, the, the, the Party for Animals in Nature just elected for the first time an MEP. And... Um, I'm not it, the 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 um, like the analysis of voting has not has yet to be done, but uh, there's also a particular question that we have like the so-called millennials voting for the first time in this European elections. So there's a new generation of people that are young people who have been active in the climate marches and so on and so forth and have a more acute and accurate sense of climate justice that voted for the first time in these elections. And I have no idea if this actually does play out in terms of any like uh, concrete uh, difference, but in Portugal, I think it will probably be the case that we will see that a lot of this young voters, new voters, voted for this Green Party uh, precisely because of their very practical involvement in uh, uh, climate and environmental issues. And I don't know if we can totally downplay also this new thing.